Hi, this is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast, and I am here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going very well. How are you doing? I'm good. What's fun or new with you and your family? Well, you know what's funny is, you know, how I make the better than I deserve joke sometimes. Yes. And you say, how's it going? And I say, right. so I actually interviewed someone, Christy Wright from the Ramsey Solutions team the other day. <laughs> and I forgot I was going to say something about that, but then it would have probably come across as dorky or maybe insulting. So our but, listeners love when we come across as dorky. I have an good right. authority. That and are- insulting. I've actually heard some feedback that they love when we insult people. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm sure kidding. they do. I'm that sounds totally like our audience. <laughs> no, but yeah, the Dave Ramsey better than I deserve is absolutely done with affection. I love that guy. And I love, yeah, I love, I love his, uh, I love his show, his podcast and his show. And just as a, you know, I'm pretty sure Christy is going to be like down the line of when this airs. So just uh-huh. as a heads up, Christy, right. Hey. We're going to be having a really cool discussion with her in a few weeks. Awesome. That's cool. I'm excited to be here for a coffee break. These are where we get to just sit and chat about the topics that you all send into us. So if you have a coffee break suggestion, uh, could be a specific question, or it can just be like, Hey, will you guys talk about X, Y, and Z? Cause it's something I've been thinking about. You can send those to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. That's right. So, uh, you know, today's question is from actually our, today's question started off as a suggestion, which I thought was really fun. Interesting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So it's from, I don't know if she pronounces this Lisa or Lissa. It's L I S S A. And I've heard both. So let's I would guess Lissa, Lissa, like Melissa, but it's Lissa. Mm-hmm. So from Lissa, she said she just listened to our prayer burden episode and it was wonderful. So we have an episode out there on prayer burdens. Um, she said, I wanted to share a little hint for those that have a hard time concentrating during prayer time. I have a health condition that has truly affected my prayer life. And I needed a little extra help in remembering. I can't have long extended prayers. I found a new way. Examples. Every time I pass a church, I pray for those that need salvation. I chose uh, specific places as reminders to pray for certain things. And then she also watches the news and prays for our country and leaders. So it sounds like Lissa has that her health condition involves memory and Mm -hmm. that she needs some help. And I've known a couple of people and, uh, you know, that have had either traumatic brain injury or, Mm -hmm. um, one friend that has a, some kind of like brain inflammation condition that causes her to have short-term memory loss. And so Mm -hmm. this is a great tip to just allow for, you know, and I love this idea of not just being like, well, I'm just, I guess I'm just not going to be a very good prayer, but it's like, I'm going to find a way Mm -hmm. to make it work for me and and pray outside the box, which I think is fantastic. So maybe like an umbrella topic is sort of praying with chronic health conditions. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, so not necessarily praying for healing or things like that, but how do you incorporate your own mental or physical or even emotional limitations into your prayer life? I get this. There are definitely times I know I'm probably an extreme example of this, but if I let my vitamins get low, Mm -hmm. I get so much terrible brain fog. It really impacts my depression levels. And so I know there are certain times where if I'm vitamin deficient in a certain thing, my prayer life isn't going to look like it looks like when I'm at 
peak. So I think that whatever, I, I think all of us have some kind of mental or physical or emotional limitation that mm-hmm. bothers us. I think that we can kind of, unless you're like 19 years old and in perfect health, I'm going to guess that all of us can relate to some kind of limitation that does seem to impact our prayer life. And so I think that this is a great topic. So thank you, Lisa, for sending in this tip. I also want to just dissect how cool it is just as a tip, right? You don't need to have short-term memory loss to make use of this tip. Like this really goes into what Jamie and I, we talk about, what do we call them? Prayer reminders or prayer triggers. Mm -hmm. I know we had a cute term for it. What do we call them? Prayer reminders? I think prayer reminders. It's not as cute as I thought it was. (laughs) I thought we had at one point, like a really cool, like, I don't know. We we might have. So I I don't know. We've forgotten it. So we need to (laughs) We do. Speaking of short-term memory loss. Absolutely. Setting up prayer reminders so that when you're driving, when you're walking down your neighborhood, you know, like, let's say your neighborhood passes the home of a shut-in. So anytime you pass that on a walk or on a drive, you pray for that shut in or on your way to work, you pass the elementary school. And so you pray for the kids and students there. I think this is for anybody not like, let's hang, um, let's pause on talking about like chronic illness for the moment. Like anybody who needs help incorporating prayer into a busy life. I would say this is like the very first thing that I recommend is just setting up a couple of these prayer reminders, having a certain thing you pray for every day when you brush your teeth, right? It's way easier to pair a habit with a habit that's already existing than to form a habit out of nothing. So maybe you've got the 90 seconds that it takes for your coffee to percolate and the sound of the percolating coffee, you're going to serve as a reminder to pray for your day. Uh, you can stick up post-it notes, right? Like every time you open your sock drawer, because we're all opening the sock drawer at least once a day. So put a post-it on there, say, I'm going to pray for, I don't know, the bus driver on any time I open the sock drawer. And so pretty soon you can start with an actual physical reminder, like a post-it note, but pretty soon it can turn into a habit. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's kind of like that Pavlov's dog thing, you know, when when the dog Mm -hmm. hears the bell, he salivates, even if there's no food, when you hear the coffee percolating, when you pass something, it just becomes such a habit that it just becomes easy. I love that. Well, I want to show you something as a total aside coffee is uh, my dog is sitting here sleeping in the chair off camera. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend like we're wrapping up and I'm going to, I'm going to say there is a 90% chance that you're going to hear her jump off her chair and run to the door even before we get off. All right. So let's, let's, let's see if I'm right. And if not, we'll just cut this out. Cause that would be kind of embarrassing and a big buildup for nothing. Okay. Well, thanks Jamie. <laughs> it was really fun talking to you. All right. See you later. Yeah. Have a really Bye. good day. Bye. And there she is. Do you see she her? She did. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. I did not see her, but I heard the plop you hear and the, the jingling yep. of her. Oh, that is so cool. She totally knows. We're not so, done yet, baby. I'm sorry. That was actually, I didn't think about that kind of a little image. bit cruel. Well, so, you know, what's really funny. We had, we had a dog, our previous lab Orson, who, when there's a certain sound, the television makes, when you turn it off, it goes ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. It's like a little, okay. like, whatever chimey thing right. when the TV turns off uh-huh. and then it clicks because you can hear the receiver clicking off. Uh-huh. And so when that happened, he would like, even if he was fast asleep, he would jump up and run up the stairs. 
So really? it was the same sort of thing. Yeah. Cause so, we would usually watch a show at night before bed and then you would, and then turn like, it on him and good that night was, or something we would go that... for bed. Yeah. And so that Aww. was it. And so we still, we still kind of sadly joke, you know, like, Oh, whenever we hear the little click, you know, we turn it off and hear the click and then like, we'll joke about like rushing uh-huh. up the stairs. So Aww. yeah, Archie hasn't gotten there yet. He just, <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't do the same thing. He's got his that's own little funny. quirks. Yeah, well, now that's I feel cool. bad because she's just standing here staring oh, at me no. expectantly and I'm still on the call. <laughs> she's going to be whining through the whole podcast. <laughs> that's like, right. What but the heck? Like, Bye. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious because I knew that she ran to the door when I logged off. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that she actually heard the sound of me like saying goodbye to somebody <laughs> until right. just yesterday. Like I thought it was okay, mom has stopped talking. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to run to the door. But I realized yesterday, it's even before that, it's when she hears me saying goodbye to somebody that she knows. Yeah, she must notice the like the tone change and mm-hmm. the that yeah. is very well, cool. She's super smart. Animals. She's like two times smarter than our any other dog we've had. She's like a hundred times smarter than certain dogs we've had. <laughs> Not to name any names. Not to name any names, Daisy. (laughs) All (laughs) righty. Well, let's go ahead. Um, So we get we get this freebie tip about just prayer reminders. Prayer triggers is, I think, what we at one point used to call it. I like that. Yeah, Um, prayer triggers. That like uh, I had a friend with a really big family, and so her mom trained herself to pray for the kids as she was folding their laundry. Right. So think through what are the things you're going to do every day, things that you don't need to remind yourself to do, and then what's a quick prayer routine that you can attach to that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I know our church was doing a read through the Bible in a year. And so what I did is I made it so that I wouldn't get on to check my email before I had read the Bible uh, section for that day, because I knew like, I don't need somebody to remind me to check my email. That's ingrained. (laughs) That's habitual. So if you compare, like I said, pair the new habit you want to form with an existing habit you already have, it's a lot simpler than trying to create a habit out of nothing. Yeah. Don't they call that habit stacking? Habit stacking. That is true. Yeah. And now let's switch gears because I really love this idea of learning how to pray when you have some kind of chronic illness, Mm -hmm. impairment, or limitation. Um, So how do you want to, where do you want to go with that? Because I think that's going to be really, really helpful. Because like I said, even if you don't have an actual diagnosis of something, we're all going to, at some point in our life, face limitations. Yeah. I think maybe to categorize the limitations, because there are a few different categories and they would be treated differently. And I know there are more than we'll name, but maybe some broad Mm that I came up with three broad categories. So one would be chronic pain, which I feel like is if you've ever had pain chronic or not, you realize that it transforms your personality. It, it transforms does. your ability to function in any and way. To think. Yeah. And to think. I remember when I got my wisdom teeth removed, the kids were all really little and my, I came home and then my husband had to leave to fill my prescription for pain meds. Mm-hmm. And in that half hour, it took the numbness wore off. Mm. And I remember just sitting on the living room floor with a, you know, three preschool through baby kids. Like I couldn't think I couldn't talk if they talked to me, like I heard their voice, but the, like, it was so much, it took 99% of my mental energy just to exist mm-hmm. with that degree of pain that I couldn't even process what they were saying to me. It was, it was terrible. It was the first time I really understood. And again, this is, um, 
you know, like it's not too big of a deal. A lot of people have gotten their wisdom teeth out and I was in excruciating pain for maybe 40 minutes, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, that's not to the level that many people listening experience pain. But for me at that age was the first time that I kind of got a glimpse of what it might be like. Cause that was my thought. What if I had this degree of pain every single day, right? Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you learn to function through that? Yeah. Well, I've been having, um, and it's kind of, I've figured some supplements to use to keep it from happening mm-hmm. as much, but for about six months I had, and I, it, I had headaches, really bad headaches and nausea mm-hmm. yeah. certain times of the month. And it has to do with my hormone situation mm-hmm. right now in my midlife. Mm-hmm. And it was debilitating to the point wow. where I like, um, like I, I never just like go back to bed. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. I'm not a nap person. And I would have to like go back to bed or lie down where I was Mm -hmm. sitting. And at this point, my kids are old enough. I don't have toddlers. Mm -hmm. I I remember times being sick with toddlers and that's a whole different ball game. But even with the kids at the age that they're at, I just remember being like, we have a friend, Heather, Heather Hart, who struggled for three Mm -hmm. years with chronic migraines before she realized that they had come from a leaky, uh, spinal tap that they had done to diagnose her with meningitis. And so she finally got it resolved, you know, by getting a patch, um, of on her spinal cord, but those Mm -hmm. migraines were, she had a migraine every day for three years. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And so I go through these little glimpses and when I come out of that headache, I'm so happy. I'm like, I, God, thank you. I can walk, I can function. I can speak to people. I can, Mm -hmm take care of my kids. And so like just getting a glimpse of chronic pain, I think kind of helps, but Mm -hmm. we don't know if you're not in chronic pain, what that's like. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All of that to say, I think the number one, when you're in chronic pain, you need to have grace with yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) have grace with yourself because yeah. being in chronic pain is, uh, God knows, God knows exactly yes. what you have to offer in terms of prayer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I think rule number one is have grace with yourself. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't have chronic pain, but with my depression, I've learned to treat it in a similar way. Yeah. And so for me, what I do is I've kind of made myself a pact that I will function at each day at at least 80% of my capacity for that day. For that and that day. capacity is going to change a ton based mm-hmm. on, you know, just where I'm at mentally. And so I think the parallel can be made for people with a chronic illness or chronic pain issues, which, you know, we're not medical experts. We can't diagnose you and neither of us experience ongoing chronic pain. So take all of that as our initial disclaimer. But I've talked to in the authors that I coach, the ones who suffer through chronic pain, it helps them that same parallel. I am going to see where my energy level is at today. And I'm going to function at at least 80% of that for any given day. And what I do is I will. um, So let me tell you how I teach authors to do it. And then we'll do the parallel for how this can apply to our prayer lives. Mm -hmm. So for authors, what I say is just have an ongoing list. Here are my like 100%. I feel great kind of days. These are the Mm -hmm. things that I can do when I'm at a hundred percent. Here's a list of things I can do when I'm at 50%. Here's a list of things I can do when I'm at like 10%. So as an example, the hundred percent might be, I can write a first draft. 
The 50% might be, I can respond to my emails and I can, you know, maybe get, do the admin stuff to get my books published. The 10% stuff might be like, I can make sure that I'm fed and bathed on a daily or weekly basis. Right. And so for prayer time, I feel like the hundred percent is when you go into the intense intercession or a prolonged time of prayer with the Lord, like a, a long worship session or, you know, a long Bible study where you're just kind of, you've got that deep focused attention. That's in a hundred percent category. The 50% category might be, okay, I can pray through this prayer list, right? I can shoot up popcorn prayers for this prayer list. The 10% category might be, I could put on some praise worship music and take a nap, right? So I feel like, remember, I, I feel like the verse in, I think it's Matthew, it's one of the gospels where Jesus says to him who has been given much, much will be demanded. I feel like that is a terrifying and also a very freeing promise mm-hmm. because it's terrifying because if you're living with good health, good resources, mm-hmm. a lot of time on your hands and life is going well for you, that means God is expecting quite a bit from you, right? But yeah. it's also very freeing because it means that if you're living uh with a a plate size, I know we talked about this in one of our recent episodes, like how yeah. big of a plate do you have? Like how many things can you handle? Mm-hmm. If you're living every single day where you only have like one or or spoon theory, right? People use this for chronic illness. Everybody has a set number of spoons, which is a representation of how much energy they have that day. Some people wake up with a hundred spoons. Some people wake up with one spoon, right? For some people taking a shower doesn't cost any spoons. For some people that costs all the spoons they've got that day. And so if you remember the other side of this verse, when you talk about, you know, to him who has been given much, much will be demanded. That also means that if you're at a one plate day or a one spoon day, that there is so much grace. You don't need to act as though you have a hundred spoons. God knows how many spoons you've got. And if you've got one spoon, then he knows that you are able to function at a one spoon kind of level. So that might mean, like I said, listening to a praise song and then going back to bed, or it might even just be (laughs) choosing to give God thanks, right? One of those, even though prayers, God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that I've got this illness, even though I have no energy to do anything today, mm-hmm. right? Let's never forget prayer does take mental energy and mental energy saps our physical energy. And so if you're living with a chronic illness or you're in pain, your prayer energy is not going to be what it would be if you didn't have that. And God knows that even more than you do. So I think the first thing to do is just to kind of triage your expectations based on Mm -hmm. how you're feeling at any given moment and learning to kind of listen to your intuition and listen to your body, right? Like you might wake up and ask yourself, okay, how many spoons do I have today? Right? Is this a, a 10 plate size day? Is this a one plate size day? And just checking in with your energy levels and your mood throughout the day can be a really good way to learn to be gracious with yourself so that you get to the end of the day. And instead of beating yourself up for not getting things done, you realize, you know what, I had a really low energy level day for a low energy level day. I got a lot accomplished. Oh yeah. And I love your idea about when you're in a place where you might have a little more energy than normal, create that plan. 
so that when you are in a place where you have nothing to give, you have options. It's kind of like, you know, have that list. And so when you do have zero energy, you don't have to use any of that energy to create a plan. You can just Mm -hmm. look at your plan or or reference it in your mind and think, okay, so I have nothing to give today, but I can take in, I can take in God's word. I can listen to that podcast where they just read God's word. Mm -hmm. I can, um, listen to worship music. Um, I can turn on the praying Christian women podcast and listen to people talk Mm -hmm. about prayer or an interview that might be inspiring or Mm -hmm. prayer tips or whatever it is, you know, like you can take in maybe during those times. Um, or maybe you have someone that you can call to have them pray over you or, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. have those things in line or, or, you know, uh, someone to text when, when you're, just, just to text out yeah. an SOS or something like yeah. that. Or what you could do is even on a good day when you are, you know, at a, mm-hmm. a size 10 or 10 energy level, mm-hmm. write out a prayer that oh, you yeah. can pray on your low energy level days or record yourself praying a prayer that you can just listen to oh, on, like at that. your really low days, things like that. So yeah, having kind of a plan and a triage, I think is really, really useful so that you know, okay, is today going to, and then take advantage of the good days, right? Like don't spend your time on a good day, hating the fact that you only get one good day a week. Instead, be so thankful that a good day came and have a plan for what you're going to do on your good days, right? Whether that's going to be, you know, an extended quiet time or some intercession or things like that. One of the things that we did in our Ephesians study that we're doing right now is one of the like application exercises was creating a weapon of praise, which is, I think I've mentioned this before, because it's one of my favorite ones, but when you're feeling at your best, when you feel like you have the energy, write down a either in this case, maybe a prayer, um, where you're praising God in that circumstance. And Mm -hmm. if you have the energy, if you have it in you, and I'm not saying you have to, because it's, it's really easy to say when you're not in the situation, but if you have it in you to give thanks, even in this situation, write out that prayer of Thanksgiving or write out just the, the names or attributes of God, um, to praise him, even in your pain. And then I loved your idea of recording it so that you can play it back to yourself mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. write it down so you can read it. But I'm, I'm yeah. thinking you sometimes might not even have the energy to read. Exactly. So, yep. But to, to record yourself praying that prayer, you know, mm-hmm. take a little video and just have it somewhere where you can click it and listen to yeah. it. And that would be so powerful. To, yeah. to pray over yourself. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to another podcast that I discovered. So I need to take just a second to find the name, but what's really cool about it is it's meant to be something that you can kind of fall asleep to. And it has prayers or Bible reading, or sometimes my favorite are when they kind of do like an imaginative Bible story. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's retelling the Bible story, but it's using some of your senses and things like that. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, Find that. It's very cool. I believe it's, well, let me, let me double check that I'm giving you the right name before I say it. Okay. Um, yeah, I believe it is called. Nope. That's not it. Okay. You chat for a second. Okay. (laughs) I'm finding it because I had it and then I lost it. All right. Well, I'll go through a, f- a couple of the other categories then as you're looking back through that, because I think we've covered chronic pain and kind of chronic illness. Um, 
And I think the, the other two categories that I came up with as examples are someone who is either bedridden or confined to their home mm -hmm. or to a mm -hmm. care facility or rehabilitation or anything along those lines, nursing home, where you are not able to get out and interact with other people. You're relying on people to come right. to you or you can't be around people. Those, those are some situations. Um, and then the other one would be mental limitations like brain yeah. fog, traumatic brain injury. I went yeah. into mental health struggles. I feel like what you said though, in the chronic condition would really apply to a lot of too. depression, yeah. anxiety, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but memory limitations, and we touched on memory and some of the brain fog yeah. and TBI stuff earlier. No, but I too. think that's really important. I did find the yeah. name of that podcast. Oh, it's called so, the Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. And yeah, so Abide you can listen Bible to Bible Sleep yeah. Meditation. Okay, I'm going to link yeah. to that. So you can listen to it, you know, as you're trying to fall asleep is how it's designed. But, you know, if you're just having a terrible day and you want to have a little bit of time with the Lord and you have like zero energy or 1% energy, I think it's a good tool because sometimes, sometimes our prayers are a little more passive, like, mm -hmm. uh, listening to the Bible being read to you is a little bit more passive mm -hmm. than sitting there studying and taking notes and flipping yes. pages. Right. Or when we close our episodes with our prayers for the unsaved, that's a more passive kind of prayer than coming up with a prayer for your unsaved friends. And sometimes when you've got that low energy, you need something that's a little more passive. So I do recommend that. Um, and then for people who don't know, Praying Christian Women also has a sister podcast, The Mindful Christian Prayers, which it's it's a little bit in between passive and active because it's not mm -hmm. that you're sitting there listening to somebody pray and you're just agreeing with those prayers. It's more like a guided prayer. So like now let's give thanks for this and that. And then there's time of silence. So that one's kind of in between passive and active. But I'd love that we have all of these just right at our fingertips, you know, because of technology, you can listen to an audiobook Bible. I know when I had swine flu is when I got, Scott got me my very first iPod. I'm, I'm always reluctant to be like the first to get something. So I was me like too. a couple years late, but he got it for me so that I could listen to the Bible because mm -hmm. I was so low for weeks in my energy levels. And I needed something that was more passive. That's so cool. What a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a really that encouraging thing. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about people who are bedridden or, you know, homebound or confined to a care facility. Um, my favorite story about this is one of the great missionary founders. And I want to say it's Hudson Taylor, but I don't know that for sure. But, you know, one of the big names in the modern mission movement had a bedridden sister at home who prayed for him. She had a map like taped to her bed so that when she woke up, that was the first thing she saw. And her prayers are really what allowed her brother to be so successful as a missionary. So I think that first of all, if your limitations are just physical, right? Like you're in bed recuperating, your mind's perfect. Your brain is fine, but your body isn't working. <laughs> I think something like that is amazing. Now, often when our bodies aren't working, our brains aren't at tip top shape either. So don't feel bad if you're bedridden and you can't spend two hours praying over a map, right? right. You like, could still be, if, if you are bedridden, chances are you may have some kind of chronic 
pain mm-hmm. or yeah. depression or something coupling that, that might, yeah. that might so be don't feel bad in. if yeah. you're not interceding. Like I'd say intercession, like deep intercession, that's one of the most energetically draining types of prayer. Mm-hmm. So save that for the days when you're feeling amazing. But yeah, I mean, if you're, I think the, the ideal situation for somebody who's got to be bedridden is somebody who, you know, maybe they're pregnant and on bed rest. And their brain feels perfectly fine, but their body is just not allowed to move, right? If, if you're in that situation, there's so much you can do. You can work on memorizing Bible verses. You could tape up the map to your wall and go through that entire globe, right? If nobody's ever done this, I really encourage you, Richard, his name is so hard for me to say, Richard Wombrand. <laughs> The founder of Voice of the Martyrs was mm-hmm. imprisoned. Um, let's see. I believe he was a Christian in, was it Romania? At, at some point he was imprisoned under communist. I know. I'm trying to state. think of where he was from, but yeah, yeah, I remember reading his story. Yeah. So he was in a jail cell and that is how he would pass the time is he would picture a mental map of the whole world and start here and pray over every single continent. If you get to where you can do that mentally, that is an amazing example of training your brain to not get distracted and to remain that focused. So if you're in a situation where your body's not moving, but your brain is, you know, is just fine. I would do that. I would tape that map of the world up there and go through it and eventually train yourself so that you can do it. Even if you're not looking at the map, I think that that's just for somebody who wants to practice global intercession, that is the, like the first thing I would encourage you to, to do for that. Um, there's another really cool book. It's called Operation World. It's like 800 pages and it's an encyclopedia of every single nation of the world with very specific points of prayer for each country. Um, so that would be another thing to just start going through. Um, but again, realize if you're bedridden, your brain might not be at a hundred percent. And so again, just keep in mind what we've already said, do what you can do with the energy you've got. Yeah. It reminds me of Catherine Marshall also who had tuberculosis. And at the time there was no antibiotic treatment for it. So she spent, I think like three years bedridden. Oh, wow. And in her books, you know, I I think adventures in prayer was the first one that I read of hers, but she, she talks about some of that time and many of her prayers and her, um, introspection. I mean, she spent hours reading and journaling and praying Mm -hmm. and a lot of her ideas that went into her books and, um, just came from that time of being bedridden. And a lot of her, just development of her faith came through Mm -hmm. trusting God during that time. And I just remember a couple of her things. Like one of the things that she did was she actually wrote, um, she did, she, she felt led during that time. There were several people in her life that she felt that she had wronged and never asked Mm -hmm. forgiveness from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she repented, confessed and repented, and then wrote letters to them and sent letters to these people to kind of, she felt God leading her to make things right. And there were just a lot of, spiritual insights that she gained during that time. And Mm -hmm. she really became a deep intercessor during that time as well. Yeah. I only know her from the Christie book, but I, I love Mm -hmm. the, um, the book and her story. And I know, yeah, she had a tremendous ministry with her writing and things. So let's Mm -hmm. do this. Let's do a hypothetical scenarios. Mm -hmm. Okay. So scenario one is you 
are exactly as healthy as you are right now, but for some reason or other, the doctor says you must be in bed for six weeks. So mm-hmm. it's not going to impact your, you know, you're not in any more pain than usual. Your brain's working just as good as normal. So what are the things that you are going to do to use that time to increase your prayer stamina, or just to make sure that you've used that time well, so that when the six weeks are up, you don't feel ashamed for having wasted that time. What are you going to do? So I think I would definitely want to have like some kind of zoom or like Mm -hmm. in group interaction. I think I I would, that would be one of the first things that I would do is like, okay, I want to have an opportunity to interact with people, even though I'm not going to see other people like to do Mm -hmm. something, to have an an appointment, to be able to stick with. So I Mm -hmm. think definitely I would do that. Um, journaling is something that I don't make time for. I go on and off and on and off. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a little bit at the beginning of the middle of the summer. I think I, I, or maybe it was last spring, I really got back into journaling and then I've kind of tapered off again as the Mm -hmm. school year started. Mm -hmm. So I think I would do Bible study and journaling for sure. Um, and, and so, and, and I also, another thing that I don't always make time for is, longer prayer times. So mm-hmm. I think I would try and maybe, I don't know, just, uh, I don't know if I would pick topics or if I mm-hmm. would organize it, or if I would just take yeah. time and sit with God. I mean, right. I think for me sometimes just being still with God and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind of doing that thing where you just, you know, being still with God and allowing yeah. him to guide my prayers. Um, I don't know that extended prayer time would definitely be something. Yeah. Um, but I love your vision. One last thing. I love your visualization examples though. So Mm -hmm. I think I would go through some of your visualization things. I love the map idea of Mm -hmm. visualizing, you know, using something to, to look on the map. Yeah. Sometimes I do think, and this is another morbid thought kind of, but sometimes I do think, what if I was like imprisoned, you know, somewhere Mm -hmm. without a Bible, yeah. Would I be able to remember? And, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and would I be able to, you know, if I didn't have my smartphone in my hand, what would I do? And I've had sort of like, I remember when I've been on mission trips and I've known that I wouldn't have, and this was, you know, before smartphones, when I went on the two mission trips that I'm thinking of um, to mm-hmm. Kenya and South Africa, mm-hmm. but I, I was just, I just remember this sense of urgency of like, I need to memorize scripture. I need to write this down right, and, right. and have things. So I might use that time to cultivate some of those, you know, mental exercises to prepare in case something yeah. were to happen where mm-hmm. I couldn't just Google a verse, you know, right. so that I would, you know, maybe scripture memory would be part of that. I do have yeah. these little cards that in college I would go through and memorize verses, maybe refresh my memory on some of those verses to kind mm-hmm. of do that, like preparation for, yeah. What if I didn't have access mm-hmm. to technology anyway? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So hypothetical, hypothetical question number two is let's say that heaven forbid you catch COVID it's nothing serious, but you're quarantined and just not feeling great for two weeks. So what, what are you going to do? Kind of what's your if we're talking about triaging, what do you think your prayer routine is going to look like for that? Or how do you get ready going into that time? Like I know my son got a positive COVID test and I didn't start feeling sick for another like day and a half. So I used that time to like 
catch up on laundry and make sure that I knew where like the canned soups were (laughs) and things like that. So if you kind of knew you were going to have two weeks of being physically and mentally kind of low, like maybe let's call it 50% your normal capacity, but nothing, you know, life-threatening or anything like that. What are you going to do to prepare prepare for that? Hmm. I would do kind of what you were talking about with, you know, the chronic pain thing. I would come Mm -hmm. up with sort of, I I would come up with some ideas that I could get. So I would look for maybe some podcasts or some, you know, sermon series or something yeah. that would be easy access that I'd be able to Maybe find. Maybe a little more passive that you can yeah. have right there. Yeah, me too. Um, I think I would, I'd make sure that I had, you know, my, my Bible and my journal and everything ready to have mm-hmm. near my bed. Yeah. Um, and maybe I like the idea of writing prayers or recording Mm -hmm. prayers. I think Mm -hmm. that that's a good thing. Maybe writing out some prayers or having, I think I would also probably want to find a Bible study, like something Mm -hmm. to go through studying the Bible on your own takes a lot of energy. So I think maybe something that's ready made, ready done, and kind of to be able to go through that. I don't know. Those are just some off the cuff. What about you? I think for me, it would for sure be to have a lot of audio resources kind of downloaded and ready, just things that I could listen to. So an audio Bible, um, music, I would love to have, like, I don't think when I'm sick, I don't want to learn, you know, so I don't know that a Bible study would be great, Mm -hmm. but really just something that would help me feel like, honestly, like, if, if I had a podcast that I listened to that was like you and me just talking about, you know, like prayer and stuff, I would find that encouraging and, and maybe a little bit more easy to follow than an actual Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when I'm wiped out, I'm wiped out. I'm like, my no, I understand. Yeah. Follow that, but I could follow like a conversation between you and me about, you know, praying for your kids or something like that. And dogs. Um, yeah, dogs and good grammar and all the all the little rants we get on. So, you know, and, and the other thing I would do is I would for sure make sure that in my prayer times, I was giving my brain time to rest. So just taking naps or even just watching something funny. I found a new channel that's just, you know, videos of elephants in the wild doing like cute, funny things, you Aww. know, so like just I would make sure that. I gave myself allowance for maybe on a good, in a good week when I'm at hundred percent, maybe I watch Netflix for two hours total. If I'm at like 30% energy level, maybe I'm watching like four hours a day and not worrying about that, you know, not feeling guilty about that. So that's probably what I would do is I would just have, um, kind of a, an arsenal of things to watch or listen to that I know would help me to remain kind of uplifted in my spirit and distracted. Cause I know for me having COVID wasn't as bad, but having swine flu, that was a very big mental battle for me because I was very scared. I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I got it early in the epidemic. The only fatalities that made the news were right. healthy pregnant women, yeah. which I was. So for me, and that one lasted, it was like a six week long ordeal. And mm-hmm. so even just keeping myself cheerful, like that in and of itself was really, really important. And sometimes that is just distracting yourself with something funny 
or, you know, uplifting. Um, so yeah, those would be, and then for sure, like music, you know, music that I could have on if, if all that I could do for my devotional life was to lay in bed and listen to some praise and worship, I would call that good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you ever, I've actually had the experience where, and I, I'm just interested, this is kind of a tangent, but it has to do with what we're talking about. So I was, I was in a time where I I was having some pretty intense anxiety, health anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't listen to praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. It, uh, like it actually, I don't know what it was. Triggered the anxiety. Yeah. Now, what is that? Is that a spiritual attack? I was still praying, but uh, you know, it yeah, w- no, there are definitely times where the music would make me more nervous. I, I have a specific story in mind when I was in the NICU with mm-hmm. our son Silas, because I made it a point, this was pre-smartphone. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't just put on headphones and listen to praise worship music, but As I was holding him, I made it a point to try to get like 20 or 30 minutes of just kind of me singing praise songs in my head. And like that kind of became my only real devotional kind Mm -hmm. of time that I, that I tried to do daily. But there was one day we had just been told like really bad news about his prognosis. Everything felt discouraging. There was no song in my heart. (laughs) And I didn't push it, you know, like God knows it would be really silly to try to force something when it's not there, you know? So I, I totally can understand times where praise and worship music wouldn't be where your soul goes to. Um, And if that's the case, again, I wouldn't feel guilty about it. I wouldn't assume that it's a spiritual attack. You know, I'm more, before I go directly to spiritual attack, I, I usually ask, well, what's going on physically and mentally? What's going on (laughs) in my body? What's, what is the trigger? What is the thing that's causing this to. Exactly. You know, like we, we joke, well, is it the devil or is it hormones? You know what? I'm going (laughs) to, maybe it's both. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of both. (laughs) But, but seriously, that's, that's where my brain goes for sometimes your your brain doesn't have the energy to handle that. And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, maybe you need silence. Maybe you need just like some classical music. You know what I sometimes like is I have this timer that just has a gong that sounds every minute. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will put that on and lie down in bed. And when I hear that gong, I turn my heart to God. Maybe it's, I say a popcorn prayer for somebody. Maybe I, I say a quick, God, I'm thankful for this. And then I just relax. And the next time the gong sounds a minute later, I turn my heart to God again. So maybe even something like that is something that people could use. No, I think there are for sure times where music isn't going to speak to you and actually make it worse. I mean, Proverbs talks about it, right? What's the proverb about when you sing cheerful songs in the morning to your neighbor, it's going to sound like a curse and not a blessing. Oh, yeah. You know, interesting. Like, yeah. There are times where where songs are not going to mm-hmm. to do it for you. So yeah, I would just oh. check in again. I think so much of this learns comes to learning how to check in with your energy levels and yeah. what you're available for at the moment. And some people, music isn't their thing. I know some people right. that are just like. I don't really like praise and worship music. I'd rather exactly. study the Bible or I'd rather listen to the Bible being read to me, or I'd rather sit exactly. in silence. I, and I know that there were also times just to give you the flip side. There were some times when music was 
my lifeline to God, where I just remember standing, I, I, there was one of my favorite, um, documentary. It's the Hillsong documentary of, mm-hmm. of their, um, one of their tours. And it was just kind of about mm-hmm. their band and played some of their music. And I just remember one time playing that in the living room and just standing there with my arms raised and my mm-hmm. kids were all like around, like, okay. Mom, and so a couple on? of them, a couple <laughs> of them came and raised their hands too. And oh, cute. others, it was, it was like, like I, and I just was weeping. Like, I mean, I started Aww. crying just it with like, it wasn't, just sadness. Yeah. It was just overwhelmed mm-hmm. by God's presence. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there, there's another time that I think of that I was on my front porch and I don't remember what was going on at the time, but I, I needed God and there were no words. And I just yeah. remember mm-hmm. standing there and I just, I held my hands up and I just closed my eyes and I was just in God's presence. And I could picture being in a situation, setting that timer, yeah. having the gong go yeah. off. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just turn your heart toward God. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to conjure up Mm. anything. You don't have to do anything, but just be, and just, just, you know, not even lift your hands Mm -hmm. up, just be there. And yeah, that sometimes that's powerful because there's the, you know, the Holy spirit interceding with groans that, that are too deep for words. And so I think that can be powerful. Yeah. I want to say something too. It's kind of a tangent, but I think, you know, my question about, let's say you had six weeks being bedridden, but your mind's still fully mm-hmm. functional, right? Like, I think there's, there's a portion of women who are going to hear that. And they're going to be kind of like, wow, that actually sounds nice. Maybe not six weeks, but maybe like an extended weekend, right? Like here's an extended yeah. weekend, like a solitude retreat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done one, but I'm very intrigued by the thought of it. And so what I want to do I want to encourage anybody listening, like, especially if, if when we were talking about that side, you did feel in your heart, like, oh, I would love to take three days to do nothing, but like sit in God's presence. I don't want to be alarmist, but I do want to say like, if God is calling you to that, you may as well listen to him now when you're healthy, because I'm not saying <laughs> oh, this for right. everybody, right. but I am yeah, I saying where you're going. I could see a scenario where if God's mm-hmm. calling you for uh, let's call it a three day time of extended prayer and you keep pushing it off and you keep pushing it off. There are going to be some people where I do believe that God's going to say, okay, if you're not going to carve out this time when you're healthy, how about I'll go ahead and do you a favor and carve it out for you. Right. So that boom, you're in quarantine. You can't leave your house. So Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to say this to get anybody scared, but I do want like, this is how I learned how to take a Sabbath. Basically I learned that my body would eventually work so hard that it would get sick mm-hmm. if I didn't take time off. I was going to get the time off one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I was either going to work so hard that I needed to take a week or two off because I was sick, or I could take time off on my terms and not get sick. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage people listening. If you feel really drawn towards an extended time of prayer or solitude, go ahead and work that into your schedule now. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it needs to be, you know, three days where you go into the mountains and turn off your phone and don't talk to anybody. Maybe you start with, um, on the weekends when there's nothing else going on, you go into your bedroom and pray, right? Like God's not there with the tally mark. Oh, she said hi to her kids. So now she's got to start the clock over. That's like, we don't need to be legalistic about this, but I do think that there are going to be some people that God wants to have an extended time with him. And if he's calling you to that and you keep pushing it away, he might decide 
for your own good to force that upon you. Maybe that's by making you, you know, be in quarantine for two weeks because you got exposed to COVID, or maybe it's going to be that you get a cold and you, you have to slow down for a week, whatever it's going to be. Just remember, it's easier to listen to the, to the urging now than to keep pushing it off so much that eventually it does turn into a time where you're just sort of stuck, right? Like I'd rather meet with God on my terms than to ignore him for so long that I have no choice but to experience. And so again, please be careful with this. I'm not saying that every time you got sick, it's because you ignored God's prompting or anything like that. And I'm right. not it's saying not that it's not a superstitious thing, but it's yeah. just kind of a practical. I think so. I think there are some people that if God really is calling you to a time of extended prayer like this, he's going to kind of work things out so that your choice is okay. You can have that extended prayer time now where it fits into your schedule, or maybe if you keep pushing it off long enough, he's just going to kind of work things out so that you get that extended prayer time in a non-ideal situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good food for thought for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about chronic pain. We've talked about people who might be bedridden. Um, Next up, we were going to talk about just, yeah, the mental limitations. And this can be, I mean, almost anything, you know, like my joke, that's not really a joke. Is it by my third pregnancy? I got pregnancy brain and it never recovered after the delivery. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, there are all different kinds, whether it's just general brain fog, whether it's just short-term memory loss, um, Mm -hmm. traumatic brain injury. Um, yeah. And, and I really feel like Lissa listed some very helpful things as far as having triggers. One really great thing that I have, I am definitely very easily distracted. And um, Pam Fields from Tending Fields Mm -hmm. sent me these bracelets with my kids' names on them. And I wear them every day. And Mm -hmm. they remind me, I start them off on my left wrist. And sometimes I just... um, and, and then I move them to my right wrist when I'm done praying for each one, I'll move it over and That's the kids neat. know. And so they'll look. Yeah. And if I see one, if I have one on the right wrist, right. And the others aren't, like, do you pay for oh, her? Not me. Yeah. Right. Or uh, on the contrary, it's like, I, I'll never forget, like just a couple of weeks ago, my middle one, whom I feel kind of gets the short end of the stick on certain right, things. Cause you never anyway. start with the middle one. You, yeah. I right? get it. Yep. And so, but he was the only one that I had put on my wrist that Mm -hmm. day. And he looked and he was like, you prayed for just me so far today. And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, and he was so happy. Like he felt special. I thought, oh, I'm so glad that that, but anyway, um, but I, uh, bracelets are a great way. And you've Mm -hmm. talked about beads, like prayer beads. And I know, Uh um, in the Catholic tradition, you have the rosary where there are lots mm-hmm. of beads, mm-hmm. but, or you could, you know, but you can, you can have a, a bracelet that has beads that you, you know, have one symbolize each thing that you pray exactly. for or each person mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the prayer bracelets that you can make very easily, like for your kids with the prayers, the, the kids' yeah. names. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fun to take each letter of their name yeah. and have that represent uh, something that you pray for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just think that, yeah. that can be good. Um, my dad, I think so too. Mm-hmm. my dad at one point used to have a sticker, like a little red sticker on his watch. And 
uh, and it, I don't know what it was for. He never told me what it was for, but he was in a Bible study and he said, it's to remind me to pray for something. And yeah. I, he never told me what it was. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but, but basically he had uh, this dot on his watch and he's always yeah. looking at his watch. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. whatever you can find, maybe a Bible verse on your um, dashboard or right. a list on your dashboard, or like you said, a timer on your, on your phone that goes off yeah. at a certain time each day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could have like, you know, here's my list of people I'm going to pray for at every red light. I mean, there's so many ways mm-hmm. that you can incorporate these into what you're already doing from day to day for the beads. Some of what I love is for me, like I'm so tactile that the beads really help me to remember where I'm at in my prayers. So I don't use yes. them like in the, in the Catholic prayer read sense, but right. what I had for a long time, my son just made me, um, it was basically a pipe cleaner bracelet with beads mm-hmm. on it. And when I was lying in bed at night, I would put my hand on the first bead and pray for something, put my hand on the next bead and pray for something. And, and basically just kind of see how far I got. Like some nights I got to two beads. Sometimes I probably got to 20 beads, but it really helps me because then like when you get distracted and you're like, oh, well, where was I? For me, there was a very tangible, oh, I was on this bead. And it wasn't like every single bead meant the same thing every night. Like the first bead meant I always prayed for this, but it really was a way to help me kind of anchor where I was in my prayer time. Yeah. I think that's so good. Tangible things are always good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's maybe think a little bit more for people who their limitation is more on the kind of um, mental side. Like I know we talked some about how my depression kind of limits where I'm at in my prayers and how I've mm-hmm. learned to be okay with that. But there are lots of other things going on in your brain. Um, I'm curious for you, when you were talking about your anxiety and music, like what, what do you think was going on with that? Um, the more I think about it, it was not praise and worship music. It was Christian radio. It was the Christian uh, radio station. Yeah. And so now that I'm thinking about it, it was songs that, um, maybe like we're chipper and happy and you weren't feeling chipper and happy. No, no, it wasn't that it was no. songs that were about, they were kind of depressing to me. I think that's oh, what really? it was. They, okay. uh, and the songs, it was the slower, more, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of what element mm-hmm. it was, but mm-hmm. there was, because, uh, because when I think of praise and worship, maybe it was some praise and worship, but it was some of the slower, more okay. what I, that all I can say is it felt depressing to me. It felt okay. like it brought me down. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I don't feel like this upbeat song. It was this song that is kind of like, pining away to God Mm -hmm. is making Mm -hmm. me feel more low than what I already am. See that. Yeah. That, that was what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. It was very confusing to me because normally that's all I want to listen to really. My kids joke like, yeah, mom likes Christian radio because I like worship praise and worship music where I'll play, Uh you know, some of my favorite, um, artists. Um, Mm -hmm. one thing that I can, uh, yeah, anyway, no, I was going to say one thing I can suggest is if you do have some favorite songs, because there are songs that did uplift me. And there was one yeah. in particular that I played over and over again, but I had a, it's called a joy. Like I called it a joy yeah. mix in my playlist. I, I think created, that's really smart. I created a joy mix. And so what it was, yeah. it was songs that lifted me up that 
didn't bring me down and I didn't have to rely on the radio to pick songs for me. Yeah. And I knew that they were ones that would feed my soul and help. I me think that's it. really smart. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's another thing that you can set up on a day when you're feeling good. So that mm-hmm. on days when you're feeling low, mm-hmm. you've got that. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you kind of want to add to this conversation or do you feel like we've covered it to the extent that you were hoping to? No, I think that's great. And, you know, I think just again, to reiterate that, I mean, there are seasons in our lives and I loved, I think the piece of advice that you had, I will work at 80% of whatever I'm capable of today, whatever that is. And, and Mm -hmm. God knows what it is and he's not judging you on someone else's standards. So one last thing if you are having limitations and feeling less than if you're feeling like you're not spiritual enough, or you're not doing as much as you want, maybe stay away from social media. Because I, what I have found at times is there are certain channels or, or pages or whatever you want to call them. I'm so not up with it, but whatever certain yeah. things that come into my newsfeed <laughs> and at different times in my life, they have made me feel like less than because I exactly. see, even if they're Christian mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it just kind of drains me. And no, I get it. There's a so, certain business motivational speaker that when I'm good, I really like his stuff. Yeah, exactly. When I'm bad, I stay, I know to stay totally away from it because it makes me feel guilty and less mm-hmm. and not enough. Like what I'm not doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the other, one other thing that I actually, to bring it full circle, learned mm-hmm. from our, our interview with Christy Wright from Ramsey Solutions uh-huh. was that no matter where you are in your season, um, to be present in that moment and thankful for whatever it is that you're capable of in yes. that moment. Amen. Yes. And so there's, I spend so much of my life and so much of my time wishing for what I missed in the past, um, longing for this, you know, golden ring that, that I, right. I can't ever quite get to. And mm-hmm. that's not abundant living and whatever nope. you're going through now, there is abundant living for you through God somehow yeah. mm-hmm. in that moment. And so that's what we need to look for is for sure. Yeah. And I think, especially when we talk about chronic illness, there's for sure a grieving process. Yeah. And in that grieving process, I think it's very easy to also be, making yourself feel guilty. Like if I had known in my twenties that I was going to struggle with this in my forties, this is what I would have changed. But you know what? In your twenties, you lived to, to the capacity that you lived in your twenties. You didn't have that information. So please nobody feel like you need to go beat yourself up for taking your health for granted back when you had it. We've all done that. Right. And you can't change it. So right. And in a way it's almost like, okay, I'm glad that in my twenties, I didn't know that this was going to come in my forties because it allowed me to live free and happy. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'm glad in college that I did stupid things because I wasn't concerned for my safety because I was able to live under this, like a naive thing. Yeah. Was it dumb? Sure. It was, but you know what? Like, I'm glad that I had that time where I could walk home in the dark from the library to my dorm at one at night and not even think about it being like the worst, like, so don't, don't beat up your old self for not appreciating what they had. Right. And in a way you can almost look at your old self with like compassion and fondness and be like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I remember what it was like to not be scared to walk home in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were stupid. No, I wouldn't want my teen daughter to do that, but 
go ahead and like be glad that you had a time in your life where you weren't worried about chronic illness or something instead of beating yourself up for not taking advantage of it now. And what I would encourage you to do, because we've all had that, right? Even if it's just a cold, you wake up with a cold and you beat yourself up for not being thankful for your health the day before, right? Yeah, or not doing the dishes or yeah, yeah. something when you could. Do. So mm-hmm. instead of like looking back and beating up your old self, just instead look forward and be like, okay, what does my 10 year older self, what myself today to know, right. right? Let's say in 10 years, none of us are quite as healthy as we are today. Okay. So what 10 year older you, what do you want to tell today you? And it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be a message of guilt and condemnation. It's probably going to be a message of enjoy the time you've got or learn to set up these prayer routines now so that in 10 years when you don't have as much um, you know, like I'm super glad that I spent a ton of energy in my teens memorizing scripture and it didn't feel hard for me at the time because now <laughs> there's no way that I, my brain isn't trained to memorize right. like it used to. Right. right. So again, like what are things that you could be doing today that your future you is going to thank you for, I think is a better way to look at it as opposed to like beating up past you. Right. And for those, you know, I'm thinking of someone that might have a terminal illness and might know Mm -hmm. that 10 year you is not going to be here on earth. There's always a future self, you know, there's whatever that future self is. If it's a week later or a month later, you know, what is it that you can appreciate about today and the moment and so I'm sure easy I've to shared, say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'm sure I've shared say. this at some point on the podcast, but the one question that gets me more motivated to pray passionately more so than any other is when I get to heaven, I don't want to have prayer regrets. I yeah. don't want God to show me the video of what could have happened if I had prayed more. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I do. And And again, I don't use that to make myself feel guilty. I use that to make myself feel motivated. I want to get to heaven and be able to see the video of how the world was made better because of my prayers, as opposed to the opposite. Here's what might've happened if you had just prayed this. And again, I think we could take it too far. I think that could easily turn into prayer paralysis or just extreme paralyzing guilt. Mm -hmm. I choose to use that as nothing but motivation and inspiration. I want to get to heaven without one prayer regret whatsoever. And again, that means that I want to be at my 80 to hundred percent capacity for that day. That's not saying that I want to change my capacity. That's not really within my power. Um, I can influence a little bit, right? Like I can be a little bit um, in control of my energy levels. If I know that doing this thing is going to make me feel horrible tomorrow. Yeah. It's a little bit on me to do this thing. So I don't feel horrible tomorrow, but in general, no, I can't control whether I wake up with size one plate or size 10 plate. I just want to make sure that when I get to heaven, I know that I have prayed to my capacity while I was here. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Well, again, if you have questions or topics that you want to share with us for future coffee break episodes, you can send those to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And let's go ahead and dive into our prayers for the unsaved. All right. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with these, this is, you can actually get these 30 days of prayer for the unsaved delivered to your inbox. If you go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved, Um, You get one prayer each day for 30 days, and it's just a really great 
thorough, multifaceted, you know, prayers for the unsaved people in your life. And um, you can also go to Amazon and look under 30 days of prayer for the unsaved and um, Alana, it's under Alana's name and Alana Terry, and you can um, get the paperback, which is awesome. I know I have one really well, that's okay. Anyway, get the paperback. It has large print. It's awesome. It's just very, uh, I love holding it in my hand and being able Mm -hmm. to like pray with the book. So, all right, well, let's pray. Dear God, I pray that my friend would not be deceived into believing they can earn their way into heaven. I pray that you would remove any false hopes they have about reaching heaven by their own merit. Instead, teach my friend that you alone are the one who grants salvation as a gift to those who believe. Lord, it is such a blessing to know with certainty that you have made our eternity secure. I pray that my friend will possess that certainty and have their and that their faith would not be based on lies, but on the truth that you're able to save everyone who calls on you. Please grant my friend a spirit of repentance and the full assurance of your glorious saving power. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.